God bless you guys. Welcome once again to Swerve Church. And my name is Danny. I'm so happy that you guys came on this nice, cool, brisk fall day. Anybody that knows me knows that I love fall. I really love this time of year uh, because I, I really don't enjoy sweating, you know. So when it's like 100 degrees outside, I'm profusely sweating all day. So I love this weather. Now it's nice and cool. And one of the best things about fall, guys, is pumpkin spice lattes at dunkin donuts right and everything's pumpkin and you guys notice once you go to the stores everything's decorated now for the fall so i'm happy with that because with fall comes a lot of change hey talking about change we're in this series called making change and it's this finance is this finance series right it's this series all about money it's all about money and you may be asking yourselves why talk about money at church you know and some people get very defensive and others think that it's uh, simply a waste of time and in particular, you guys remember, I've talked about four different types of people when it comes to finances uh, and uh, four different people that might respond when we, spoke, when we talk about this topic. And number one, the reason why uh, you might not like this topic is if you're well off, right? If you have a good amount of money, then you're going to say, Danny, don't talk about my money because I, I have my money. This is I work for it. Don't tell me how to spend it. Don't tell me where to invest it. Don't tell me where to give, right? If you're really well off. Number two, if you're broke, right? If you don't have any, so then you're going to say, well, Danny, this old giving is good stuff. This talking about generosity. It has to be for somebody else because I'm barely getting by, right? So don't talk about the little bit that I do have. Number three, and I think this is something that so many people uh, find it very difficult to grasp, is that they think that the church wants my money. And then you have this thought of, you know, the guy with the alligator skin shoes, the shiny the shiny suit and tie, right? It comes up to church, rolls up in the bends, and with a gold tooth right here, and he says, you know, talking about tithing and giving, right? That's kind of the picture that you get. And number four, and, and this, is, this is tough, okay, to swallow if this is you, but the number four reason why it might be difficult for you to grasp this topic or hear it is because it's your little G God, all right? This is your idol. It's what you sacrifice to. It's what you live for. It's what you worship at the altar of. And if that's you today, this might be a reason why you find this topic a little um, difficult to, to swallow. But listen, here's the truth. The truth is that it's so important for us to talk about this topic as a church. First of all, because the Bible has so much to say about it. In week one, we talked about, you know, how much the Bible has to say about this topic, right? There's so many verses, you know, much of Jesus' parables had to deal with money. So the, the, the Bible has a lot to say about it. And if we want to be a, a Bible-based, gospel-centered church, then guess what? We got to talk about what the Bible says. Is that right? All right, we want to, if God's word addresses it, if it talks about this topic, then we want to hear, we want to know what the Bible says about it. But also, on a practical level, you know, I want us as a church and you as an individual to be a good steward of God's resources. I want us as a church, the monies that we steward, the resources that God would give us, I want to make sure that we're being good stewards in how we invest it, how we spend it, how we use it. And then I want you guys as individuals to do the same, to be careful and, and to care about and be good stewards of God's resources. So today we're going to be looking at God's word around the idea of giving is good. And we're going to be talking about the big idea is generosity. How can we be, you know, more generous? How can we grow in generosity? So before anything, let's begin by looking at Acts chapter 20, verse 35. And I don't know if you guys noticed that those notes that you got today, they're jam-packed with, with scriptures. You guys notice that? There's like barely any white space to take notes. And that's because we're going to be looking at a lot of verses today. And, and if I'm talking like a million miles a minute, it's because... 
I, I prepared, you know, I, I have so many verses in here, and I want to make sure that we, we, we get everything in, you know, within the time that's allotted for us today. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at this verse. It's Acts chapter 20, verse uh, 35. It's there in your notes. Let's read this verse together, okay? It's Acts chapter 20, verse 35. Yeah, let's read it with, with uh, real enthusiasm this morning. You ready, guys? Here, here's what it says. Ready? Read. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus... It is more blessed to give than to receive. These were the words of Jesus. You guys underline that part in your notes. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Those were the words of Jesus. If you have a red letter Bible, if you have one of those Bibles where the words of Jesus are in red, those words right there, it is more blessed to give than to receive, were said by Jesus Christ himself. And it's quoted by the author Luke and and by what's going on in the early church in the book of Acts. Those are the words of Jesus. Jesus said those words. Now, let me ask you guys a question. Do you believe the words of Jesus? Do you believe the words of Jesus? It sounds crazy, right, to even ask that. But for some reason, something deep down inside me tells me that so many people want to live out the opposite of this, right? A lot of people want to believe, you know what, it's more blessed to get than to give, right? It's more blessed to receive than to give. Isn't that what so many people enjoy? Isn't that what so many more people want? Everybody everybody thinks the opposite of this, but these are the very words of Jesus. If Jesus said it, then it means that it's something important for us to look at. Jesus said it. When we talk about giving and generosity, I think that we're discussing something that's very close to the heart of God. It's very close. In fact, if if you look around and think, you would begin to see all of God's blessings all around you. In fact, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, but the book of James says that every good and perfect gift comes from where? From the government. No, it does, actually it says not from the government, from God. From God. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. That's what the book of James says. And so when we talk about generosity, we're talking about something that's very close to the heart of God. God is extremely generous. In fact, if there's any verse in the Bible that you guys have memorized, right? It's John 3.16. And what does it say? That God so loved the world that He gave. That's the generous God that I serve. He gave His one and only Son that whoever would believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. He's so generous that He gave us His Son to come and die in our place and pay the price for our sins so that we can be reconciled to God. That's the gospel. All right? So He's generous. He gives us. But you know, unlike God, we enjoy being on the receiving end, don't we? We love to get and we love to consume, right? Christmas time is coming and everybody's thinking about all those presents that are going to be under the tree and all those gifts that you're going to get, right? If you guys do like that Secret Santa stuff at work or whatever, you just can't wait to get all those gifts. We love to consume. I want you guys to think about this. Have you ever, can you think back to a time when you heard a real emotional, heartfelt uh, story about consumption? You know, like we hear those stories all the times, you know, of those people that, you know, like um, Habitat for Humanity, right? It's somebody they don't have, they have, they're living in a beat-up house, they don't have a home, they're homeless, and then Habitat for Humanity comes in, and they're generous, right? They build the house from scratch, and this is a beautiful home, and it's furnished, and, and what happens when those people come home, move that bus, or, or whatever, you know, whatever the show is, and what do they start to do? They start to cry, and they, right, they get emotional, why? Because it's a giving story, right? They get emotional about that. Have you ever heard of, a, of an emotional consumption story? Like, like, did you cry? Did you shed tears of joy 
when you went and picked up that 55-inch, you know, flat-screen TV? Did you cry for joy at that? Did you, you know, did you leap, you know, for joy when you finally copped those pair of Jordans? You know, is that, is that your emotional story? I don't hear any emotional stories about consumption. However, when, when you hear about generosity, right, you do hear those emotional stories. A couple years ago, a couple years ago, um, we had this opportunity to be helpful to help this family. Somebody, uh, through a series of events, I found out about a family in Bed-Stuy that uh, was having a hard time. And they were going to have their Thanksgiving. You know, Thanksgiving's coming up. And you think about, you know, the turkey. And you think about the cranberry sauce and all that stuff. And she reached out and she said that she didn't have any food to make, you know, her typical Thanksgiving dinner for her family. And, and through a series of events, I found out that, you know, she was in need. And, you know, we tried to find, you know, ways to get everything. But you know what we did as a church? And this was way before we even launched. This is like core group phase. You know, some of you were there. You remember. Well, we, we went. We picked up groceries. We picked up the turkey. We picked up the corn. Uh, we picked up all the stuff that you would typically need for a Thanksgiving meal. We drove to Bed-Stuy and we hand-delivered it to her. Man, and when we saw her, right, Pernell, you remember. She just started crying, you know, when we gave her this meal. Because now she was going to be able to fix a Thanksgiving meal for her family. You know, those are the type of stories I think about when you think about stories of generosity. In fact... When you give, it can impact someone's life. It can really impact someone's life. Look at what 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 11 says. It says, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be what? You can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in what? In thanksgiving to God. And here what Paul is saying when he's writing this letter to the church at Corinth, what he's saying here is that, that their generosity, the church of Corinth, is going to help him do ministry. It's going to help him to plant churches and to reach people that are far from God and spread the gospel. And through their generosity, not only will people be helped, but ultimately who's going to receive the glory, according to this? Who would receive the thanksgiving? God would receive the thanksgiving. Hold on, but, those, but the church of Corinth was the one that's giving. I, I know, I know. But the person that receives all the glory and all the thanksgiving through their generosity is who? It's God. God receives that thanksgiving. Paul says, because of your generosity, man, God's going to get all the glory. He's going to be thanked because of what you guys give. And that's what Paul is saying here. So, so why is it that we don't give more? You know, why is it that we're so freaked out over this topic of giving? You know, some of you might be here and, you know, you start, you know, straight up like breaking out into hives like a crackhead. You know, like you, like you need your fix and you start talking about this stuff, right? Because it's like, wow, it's such a touchy topic, you know? It might be, and I'm totally understanding, guys, okay, if this topic is difficult to swallow, man, I get it, I totally get it. But it might be because, you know, you're actually struggling financially, and so it's difficult for you to talk about the topic of generosity when you're going through some really tough times financially. You know, other times, it, the reason why this might be hard to swallow is because you've heard messages like this abused, right? You've heard messages of giving and tithing and whatnot, and it's been, it's been abused, it's been taken advantage of, and it's been preached out of context. Lastly, it's because we might have a, scarce, a scarcity mindset. You know what a scarcity mindset is? It's the mindset that there's a limited amount available, there's just, there's not much, so I got to hold on to it, I got to protect it, I can't give up the little bit that I have. But here's where I want us to get as a church, okay? I want us to get to this place, and I want you guys, of course, as individuals to get there as well. I want us to get to a place where we have an abundance mindset. 
Okay, now this is not to get confused with what's commonly known as the prosperity gospel, which is, you know, the blab it and grab it, the name it and claim it gospel. I'm not trying to confuse you with that. What I'm trying to talk about here, this abundance mindset, is that what I think the Bible really teaches is that God has more to give. He's a generous God, and He, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He, he is a great, He's a generous God, a loving God, and He has more to give. He's a very generous God. And, and when I give, you guess what? He always provides more somehow. I've seen this in my life. And when you give, you will be a blessing to someone. But guess what? When you give, you too will be blessed. In fact, as a core group, we've been reading through Proverbs chapter 11, right? We read through the whole book of Proverbs. Look what it says in chapter 11, verses 24 and 25. Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will what? Will prosper. Underline that, guys. They're right there in your notes. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. So when you give, man, you will be blessed. The generous will prosper. So without any reservation, I can truly say that giving is good. Giving is good. And I pray that by God's grace, you would also be able to say the same. You know, by the way, this is why one of our core values as a church is we will lead the way with irrational generosity because we truly believe it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. That's right there in Acts chapter 20. As a church, we truly believe this. And you guys have heard me say this over and over. Perhaps you're tired of hearing me say this, but it's because of your generosity as you give to Swerve that we can turn and go bless others in our community. That's how we were able to do the Thanksgiving meal, okay, to that lady that needed a couple years ago. But it's also how we've been able to do all the outreaches that we did this summer. Literally, we gave out hundreds and hundreds of, of bottled water and granola bars. And we put kids, you know, tattoos on kids and put smiles on their faces. And, and we've been able to host several, uh, uh, we hosted a basketball camp and a couple of basketball tournaments. And, and, and guess what? Guess what? This fall, I'm really excited to announce that we have another outreach coming up this October where we're going to be hosting a free family movie night for, for families here in Bushwick. You know, and I think why this is relevant is because there's so many broken homes here in this community, right? There's so many broken homes. And so what I want to do as a church, we want to lead the way with the rational generosity. And we want to create a, 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 an environment where families can come, sit down and enjoy a movie outdoors, you know, together. So we're going to host a movie night October 15th at Irving Square Park. I hope you guys can all make it and help us as we give out, you know, the chips. And if it's cold enough, we'll, we'll make some hot chocolate and give that out. And just love and serve people and invite them to church so they can come and hear the gospel message preached. And I love it that because you guys give, that we're able to do those type of things. We're able to love and serve those in our community. We are able to make a difference here. We're able to not just be a church in the community, listen, before the community that we're in, okay? There's lots of churches in it. We want to be a church that's for it, and we want to love and serve the community. And we want to invite others to church so they can get a chance to hear the life-changing message of the gospel. Amen? So if giving is good, let's talk about some ways that we can grow in our generosity, right? If giving is good, then let's talk about how we can grow in generosity. Okay, guys, if you have your notes there, the first point right there, here's the first point that you're going to write down, and that is that trust God with the tithe. Okay, if we want to grow in generosity, we want to trust God with the tithe. Now, I know a few topics that cause or bring more controversy than this one right here, okay, than that of the tithe. But before I go on, what is the tithe, okay, what is it? 
The, well, in, in Hebrew, the tithe, the word is ma'aser. And basically what it means is one-tenth. Okay, it's one-tenth. And in the Old Testament, here's what it looked like. In Leviticus chapter 27, I know that you guys love the book of Leviticus, right? So the book of Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30, here's what it says. One-tenth, you guys circle that right there in your notes. One-tenth of the produce of the land where the grain from the fields or fruit from the trees belongs to the Lord. And it must be set apart, underline that in your notes, to Him as holy. So one-tenth and have it set apart for Him to be holy. So one-tenth of the tithe, it represented the first fruits of what was produced or harvested. It was the first and the best, and they trusted God to bless the rest. It was set apart for God. Now, throughout the Old Testament, we see this principle over and over and over again, all throughout the Old Testament. Some people may say, well, that's Old Testament law. Right, it's Old Testament law, and it actually pre, it, it, you know, actually, you know, we don't, it doesn't apply because it, it's Old Testament law. Well, actually, did you guys know that the tithe predates the law? So even before the Mosaic law, there was already tithing, examples of tithing in the Bible. For example, as early as Genesis chapter 4, you guys know the story of Cain and Abel, right? When Cain killed his brother Abel, what were they doing when that happened? Cain and Abel were actually bringing their first fruits. They were bringing their offerings to God, their first fruits. That's the, what we're talking about here, the one-tenth or the tithe or the, the first and the best and trusting God with the rest. And Cain and Abel were actually doing that. We also see it in, in Genesis chapter 14. Abraham, the great father of faith, he actually gives a tithe to the most high priest. His name was Melchizedek. And Abraham gives a tenth of everything that he had to the great high, uh, to the priest of the God most high in Genesis chapter 14. Additionally, in Genesis chapter 28, I'm not going to read through the whole Bible, but just to prove the point that it predates the law. Additionally, we see Jacob make the promise to tithe after his dream in Bethel. You guys remember that he laid his head on a rock and he had this dream. When he gets up from this dream from God, he says, I'm going to come back to this place. I'm going to build the house of God and I'm going to tithe and I'm going to give a tenth of all that I have to build the house of God here. So it actually predates the law. And in the New Testament, guys, Jesus actually kind of reaffirms it in Matthew chapter 23, verse 23. You have this in your notes. Follow along. Here's what it says. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of the religious law and you Pharisees? This is Jesus talking. Hypocrites, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens. But you ignore the most important aspects of the law, such as justice, mercy, and faith. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the most important the more important things. That's Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 23, verse 23. Now, even so, I know that a lot of people have a problem with this principle, even with all that I just brought up. But let me re-emphasize re to you guys that it's a principle, right? It's a principle that we see in the Old Testament and that's reinforced in the New. Do you have to give a tithe? This is the question that, that, I, that when people have problems with the tithe or whatever, I, I always often tell them, when they, you know, when they tell me about the tithe, I said, do you have to give a tithe? No, you don't have to give a tithe. You can give, you don't have to give 10%. You can give 15. You can give 20. You can give 25. You can give 50%. You see, and usually when I say that, um, they, they say, oh, you know, why, you know, why, why, if it's not a tenth, why does it always have to be less? Why can't it be more? And when I say that, it's, it's not to attack that person, but it's to show them that behind all this, there's a heart issue. There's a heart issue behind, behind it all. So if you want to give more, you can. But a tenth is a good place to start. You know, some people might say, Danny, you're too radical. And I would say that I think the Bible gives us the principle uh, that, that, 
that we ought to live irrationally generous. Look at Luke chapter 21, verses 1 to 4. While Jesus was in the temple, he watched the rich people dropping their gifts in the collection box. Then a poor widow came by and dropped in how many small coins? Two small coins. I tell you the truth, Jesus said, this poor widow has given more than all the rest of them, for they gave a tiny part of their surplus. But she, poor as she is, has given how much has she given? Everything that she has. Would you guys underline everything that she has? I need the mathematicians to help me out. I'm not very good at math. But those of you that are good at math, can you tell me what percentage of, is everything? What percentage would that be? Anybody's good at math? Everything is what? <laughs> it's 100%, right? Everything's 100%. And here in this story, if you guys see what Jesus is doing, is he's emphasizing, you know, these guys, they give, but they give out of what they have extra. This lady, she gave two small, two small coins, and it was all that she had. Did she give a tenth? She gave 100% of what she had. And I'm not telling you guys to give 100% of what you have. What I'm telling you is that Jesus is emphasizing here that she gave it all. And, and what she did was greater than what they did, right? How about this? Have you ever read this in the book of Acts? In Acts chapter 2, the early church, verses 44 to 46, it says, And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything that they had. They sold their property and possessions. Underline that right there in your notes, guys. They sold their property and possessions. Why? Why did they do that? And they, sh they shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great, with, with what? With great joy and generosity. Did you guys underline that, please? That last part right there. They sold their property. Danny, you're too radical. Well, look what the early church did. They got rid of homes. They got, this is like the equivalent of you selling your car so that you can help somebody that's in need. You know what I'm saying? This is, this is what they did. Am I telling you to do this? No, what I'm telling you is what they did. They lived out an irrationally, irrationally generous attitude and lifestyle. They sold what they had so they can help those that are in need. And when we tithe, it helps us to prioritize God. It's saying everything I have is yours, right? This is what Psalm chapter 24 says. Psalm chapter 24 verse 1. That all that we have belongs to Him. It belongs to God. So it's understanding that everything that I have, every resource, every penny comes from God. It's a good and perfect gift from God. And I trust that you, God, can do way more with 90% than I can ever do with 100. Because God could do way more with 90 than I could do with 100. You know, by the way, did you guys know that we tithe as a church? Did you guys know that Swerve Church tithes? Swerve Church gives 10% of everything that comes in to go out to help start more churches and to plant more churches through, through, through organizations like the North American Mission Board and other networks. This helps them to plant more churches and to raise up leaders to go out and make disciples in other communities. You know, then we, we give as a church, we give above and beyond that to organizations like, the, like Samaritan's Purse. You guys, some of you guys gave to that a couple, uh, a couple weeks ago when there was that flooding in Louisiana. So as a church, we tithe and we give 10% of whatever you guys give, what comes in. We tithe as a church to help start more churches. And, and then we give above and beyond that to meet needs in different places around, around the whole world, not just in the U.S. But if you hear everything I'm saying and, and you still find it difficult, you know, what if, what if you're hearing all this, but you still find it very difficult, then I would encourage you. Guys, to pray and ask God to help you grow in this area. 
You know, as a church, we're all growing, guys. Everybody here is growing. Nobody's made it, okay? Nobody, nobody's like second to Jesus, right? Like we're all, we're all trying to get better in everything that we do. And if you're here and this is difficult for you to put into practice, then what I'm just telling you is that as a church, we're all growing. We're all trying to become more like Jesus. And this includes the area of our finances, okay? It includes the area of our finances. And in any way, and in, any, in no way, I don't want this to sound like some kind of... Con- condemning kind of a tone, not at all. If not, this is an area that we're all trying to grow in and that we're all trying to get better. And listen, if maybe you're here today and, and it's like, yo, this, this ain't no problem. I do this. It's not a big deal. But for a lot of other people, it might be more of a significant kind of a struggle or difficulty. Man, as a church, let me encourage you. Pray. Call out to God. Pray to God. God, help me in this area of my finances so that I can be a little bit more generous. Okay? Here's number two. If you're taking notes, plan your generosity. If you want to grow in generosity, plan your generosity. And this is a whole nother level of generosity, guys. This is actually intentionally making out time and planning out how you're going to give. All right? This is like, you know, you're mapping out a budget. If you ever mapped out a budget, you know, for the year, like what goes for the rent and what goes for the train, what goes for expenses. This is like saying, how much am I going to give? Budgeting. And putting into the budget what you're what you're gonna what you're gonna give, what you're gonna how you're gonna lead the way with irrational generosity. And actually we see this in the book of Isaiah, look what it says. But generous people what? They plan to do what is generous. Underline that right there in your notes, guys. They plan, generous people plan to do what is generous and they stand firm in their generosity. So if we wanna grow to be generous, then maybe this is the next step that you can take and plan to grow in your generosity. Plan your generosity. Find a way to give. You know, during the week uh, in the the Swerve Church uh, Facebook page, I told you guys uh, we were putting up some resources. You guys see that about how to get out of debt? And one of the people that we shared, one of the videos that we shared uh, was from this young lady named Rachel Cruz. And uh, she shared that perhaps you can look around the house and find things that you don't even use anymore that you can sell to help you get out of debt. Well, guess what? Maybe you can apply that same kind of a principle to help you give and grow in generosity. There's stuff that's laying around the house that you don't use that you can probably get rid of or sell and just to help you grow in generosity. What about this? What if you're unemployed? What if if there's no money coming in, Danny? What are you talking about? Uh, There's no money coming in at all. What if there's no income? Then, Then maybe you can serve, okay? Maybe you can give of your time. You know, it takes so much to put on what we do here on a Sunday here at church to get everything ready. All right, so maybe you can give up your time, especially, you know, being where we're at, guys. If you haven't noticed, you're in the basement. Right, to try to make it look semi-decent, it takes a lot of work to, to get this going in the kids' room so the kids can have an environment where they can hear the gospel and have a great time. You can hear them right now singing back there and having a good time. It takes time to do all that stuff. And so maybe, you know, if you're unemployed, there's no income, you, could, you, could, you can give up your time. To help, to help do this and be a part of the roadies team. Look at in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. says something very interesting. It says, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. Decide how much in your heart to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves who? He loves a, a person who gives cheerfully. Another version says a cheerful giver. Again, and you know what this reemphasizes for us? You know, we, we plan our generosity, sure. But, but ultimately what it shows me is that it's a heart issue at the end of it all, guys. It's a heart issue behind it all. Where is your heart when you give? Okay, where's your heart when you, when you do the tithe or when you give? Where's your heart? Do you do so reluctantly? 
or do you give from a grateful heart? From knowing that God is so generous, that God is so good, that God is so loving. From the overflow of all the love that you experience from God, you give with a cheerful heart. Guys, at the end of it all, man, it's a heart issue. It's a heart issue. Number three, the last point there in your notes as we wrap up, start being generous now. Start being generous now. I want to be a part of a church that is actively growing and living now. What it preaches. That's the church that I want to be a part of. Man, maybe we don't got it all together, but we want to grow. We want to grow. We, got to, we want to become more like Jesus Christ. That's the part of church. That's the church I want to be a part of. And absolutely, we're all growing. Absolutely, we're all learning. But do you know, you know what else we're doing? We're putting it into practice. What we talk about here on a Sunday, it may be challenging at the times that we speak as we open up God's word and we look at what it says. It might be challenging to hear, but you know what? As a church, man, we're putting this into practice. When's a good time to start being generous? You know, if you, if you wait on, on your time or when you think it would be good, you'll probably never be generous. you probably never give. If you attempt to find a time to be generous, you may never find it. But, but when's, when's a good time to start being generous? Right now. Right now, okay. I've been on several mission trips. I don't know if you guys ever been on, on mission trips. I've been on quite a few, and a few of them been to the Dominican Republic. And I've been to to the neighborhoods that we've gone to minister and preach in, and 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 uh, and help raise up leaders and such. Have been very impoverished communities. Like we didn't go on a mission trip to Punta Cana, you know, to the resort. We went to like very needy neighborhoods in in uh, in Santo Domingo, in Dominican Republic, man. And, and oftentimes. The pastors and the brothers and sisters there, you know, that, that are in that environment, guess what? They're impoverished too because they're in that environment, right? They, they're living in a poor community and they're impoverished as well. But you know what, guys? When we go visit their home, they, they can't wait to put into practice generosity and hospitality. And listen, these people do not have much. They don't have much. I've been to homes where they don't even have a door. They just have curtains that separate you know, the entrance to their home because they just don't have a lot of money. They don't have a lot, but they can't wait to be willing to give you whatever they do have and to serve you. They, they, don't, they don't wait to have a lot in order to give. You know, and for some of us, I feel like we're thinking, I, I think we're saying, hey, when I get really, really blessed, that's when I'm going to start giving, you know? And I think these people, don't, they don't put that into pride. They start giving now. They start being generous now. They use what they have. Let me tell you guys a story. One of the times when I went to one of these houses, uh, you know, again, they don't have a lot. They made dinner for us to come over to eat. And dinner is, is not a lot. You know, it was like maybe a pot of white rice. And then they made some spaghetti for us. It was like white rice and spaghetti. And so they made the spaghetti with the sauce. But then I don't know why uh, exactly. Somebody told me that it's actually like a kind of like a high class meal that they prepared for us. I don't know how true that is, but that's what they told me. But anyway, but, but because they don't have a lot, they prepare some spaghettis. But here's what they did. This is actually the picture that I took when I was over there. They threw mayonnaise and ketchup all over the spaghettis. Now, I don't know if that's like a normal thing for you guys to eat. Now, I don't eat spaghettis with mayonnaise and ketchup. But for some reason, that's the way they prepared it uh, for us. And this was, this was them telling you, hey, we're, we're going to put this delicacy like for you guys to enjoy. We don't have a lot, but we're going to give you what we do have. Did they wait to be generous? They didn't wait till they had a lot to give what they had. They gave us what they had. This was what was for dinner that night. Mayonnaise and ketchup on top of, you know, sauced up spaghettis. This is, this is what they gave. And I hope that we can all begin being generous now. 
You know, as a church, we will lead the way with irrational generosity because we truly believe it is more blessed to give than to receive. And I pray and I hope that this will, you know, transmit to each and every single one of y'all so that you guys can put this into practice. You can grow in generosity so that you guys can lead the way with irrational generosity. Why? So that we can make a difference in the communities that we're in so that we can point people to Jesus and let them know of the hope that they have in Him. This week, guys, some of you heard about this, but, you know, uh, somebody contacted us and said that they didn't have, you know, they got really sick. She actually had a couple of strokes. She lost her vision and she lost the vision in one eye and she couldn't work. And she literally ran out of food at home and she contacted me. Danny, like, can you please help me? Can you pray for me? She was crying on the phone. It's like, I need help. You know, what can you do? I, I tried to, I visited, I passed by some uh, some of those food pantries. But, you know, food pantries, you don't just walk in and grab food. It's not that type of thing, you know. So, you know what we did? Is that we went as a church. We went and we blessed her. And we went and we bought some drumsticks. We bought some corn, some tuna bread, milk, you know, all the essentials. And, you know, she said, I just need some food for the weekend. You know, I got a check coming in. I can finally get, you know, some food. We bought her some Lipton soup. You know, some just little basic groceries, you know, that we got her. And, we, and me and Melissa went. We dropped and we... And we dropped it off to her. And she was just so grateful. She even called me today to thank us for doing this. You know, she was just so grateful for that, that we were able to do that. And listen, the only reason we were able to do that is because you guys are generous with how you give. When you give, we're able to bless other people that are in need. And we're able to love and serve the people that are in our community. And honestly, here's the truth, guys. As I read, this is the last thing that I'm going to say. The only reason that we can be generous and the only reason that we long to be generous is because we're made in the image of God. We're made in His image. And guess what? God is generous. And since we're, we're, we're made in His image, we desire to be like that. We desire to be generous. Every good and perfect gift comes from Him. And the Bible teaches us that He loved us so much that He gave for you know, the most generous gift ever given to, in all of humanity, in all of mankind, the best gift that was ever given to anybody in all of mankind, in all of history, was the gift of His Son, Jesus the Christ. And if you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus, if you're here today and you haven't made that decision to give your life to Him and to accept this most precious gift, it is the most precious gift after ever, ever, ever given, then you have the opportunity to accept it today. And listen, there's nothing that you can do to earn this gift, okay? Because it's a gift and gifts are freely given. If you're here today, there's a gift for you and that gift is found in Jesus Christ. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death and Jesus Christ said, I'll pick up that tab. I'll pick up the bill and He died in our place. He lived the life we couldn't live. He died the death that we deserved. They nailed His hands and feet to a cross. He bled and He died. But three days later, He rose from the grave, conquering Satan, sin, and death, giving us new life in Him. And the Bible says, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, guess what? You will be saved. And you have the opportunity today to accept the most generous gift that was ever given, guys. It's the gift of Jesus Christ that was given by God to us. Let's pray. God, I just thank you, Lord, as I know that this is a very difficult topic to discuss and to talk about, uh, Lord, for many, God. But this is what I pray as a church, that we would grow in generosity, God, and that we would desire to mimic you, the most generous the most generous of them all, Lord, and mimic your generosity to give, to love, and to serve others. Uh, but God, but the only way we can do that as a church is if each and every single one of us here would, would grow in our generosity and that we would give more and become 
uh, even more generous, God. So would you help us, God? Because I truly believe that this is a spiritual issue. This is a heart issue, and God, and we need you to help us, Lord, to get over this, Lord, so that we can be generous, Lord, with our time, with our talent, our treasure, and God, and that we can give that and grow in our generosity. God, we need you, Lord. We totally need you, and we can't do this on our own, God, and we totally acknowledge that. God, help us to grow in our generosity. Help us to be an irrationally generous church. God, those of us that haven't made a decision to follow Jesus, I pray, God, today that we will put our faith in you, trusting you. And God, we give you thanks and we give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.